Well, we're going to have to put a pin in the chatter between Jaffe and Brodkin as he's got an ace-king to tend to. Is that Chris Frank's knee? Okay, I just... I wasn't sure what we were dealing with there. Oh, boy, another pipped, dominated ace situation. Frank didn't really hesitate to flat. Soon to be father, avoiding potential disaster here. One might argue that simply the fact that you are soon to be a father is tempting. Sorry, we're just over two, right? Yeah, yeah. Forms yeah. Disaster, the freedoms that we come to enjoy without having to be a parent. I'm biased. I don't have kids. You know how it is. Meanwhile, Jack 10 suited for Anson Yu. Today we have a very fun hand featuring poker coaching coach Jonathan Jackson. He gets in there, he battles hard, and today's hand is a beautiful example of that. We are playing in a $30,000 buy in Triton Poker Tournament. We're down to 16 players, so we're already in the money. We are playing relatively shallow stacked. The blinds are 40,000, 80,000, and Jonathan Jaffe and his opponent in this hand are going to have about 1.8 million effective. So, in this hand, Jonathan Jaffe, under the gun, plus two, raises it up with ace-king offsuit. Perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable. Christopher Frank, good, strong, world-class opponent in the hijack. Opposite just call with ace-queen. This is a spot where some players would just rip it all in for their 25-ish big blind stack. Other players would 3-bet tiny, looking to call it off. Other players would call. I typically err towards calling in this spot, as does Christopher Frank. You can probably go either way, but I think against early position players, when there are payout implications, when you have a reasonable stack, you're really just not trying to go broke in marginal spots. So he does call. Over around to... Anson in the big blind, playing very short stack. 13 big blinds with Jack, 10 of spades. He opts to call as well. Let's head to the flop. Henry. You close the action from the big blind and has flopped a gut shot on the queen eight four board. And wouldn't you know it, <coughs> the side card on the dominated ace has once again shown itself on the flop. Jaffe, a three-way affair. Comfortable to check and not see bet. Hundred thousand out there, top pair, top kicker on this dry board. Looks like twenty-five percent pot. Hundred and fifty thousand into six hundred thousand. They pick up two customers here. Anson inside straight draw backdoor space. Jonathan with the two overs. Maybe some reverse implied odds. Jonathan to pill, so we can see if he is to pair his ace on the turn would actually give Frank top two. The clock comes, queen of clubs, eight of spades, four of hearts, giving Anson a gut shot straight draw with a backdoor flush draw, Jonathan Jaffe, two marginal overcards, and Christopher Frank, the powerhouse top pair, top kicker. Anson checks. Jonathan Jaffe opts to check. Maybe he could bet here if he felt like it with six outs that are probably live, but whatever. He checks over to Christopher Frank. He goes for a tiny, tiny 150,000 bet into the 600,000 pot. 
Interesting. All right. Over around to Anson with the gut shot. I think facing this less than two big blind bet, you probably just need to call and see what develops and hope to spike. I realize that it feels a little bit dirty putting in 150 out of your 935, but pot odds exist. And quite often when you're facing a tiny bet, it will be from a more linear range, perhaps some eights, etc. where if you do happen to spike a jack or a 10, it could be good. I realize it's not here, but I think it's probably okay to splash around. If there were a bunch of other short stacks in the tournament where there's a lot of merit in just laddering up the payout structure, then I think folding would become a little bit better. But look, when there's 16 players left and you have a 13 big blind stack, you're kind of trying to make something happen. And if you go from 13 down to 10, it's not that big of a deal. So I like the call. Now, back around to Jonathan Jaffe. He looks like he doesn't want to give up on his ace-king just yet. So what do you think is the best way for him to proceed in this scenario? You think he should call, raise to 425,000, raise to 600,000, or rip it all in? Take a second, pause the video, and write what you would do in this situation in the comment section below. Pairing his king, of course, would leave Anson open ended. 425. Now look at this line. What are we seeking to represent as Jonathan Jappy, the pre-flop raiser here, when we check in middle position of three players post-flop on this board and then raise just shy of 3x after a bet and a flat? Look, if I was in Jonathan Jappy's shoes facing a small bet and a call, I would have just folded with my ace-king. I would have been done with a hand. And to be fair, maybe I'm a little bit too nitty in these spots. This is a situation where you do want to always consider which hands do I want to check raise small. And I don't know if I have a ton of those. This is a spot where I do think you do want to check raise with maybe aces, maybe kings, maybe ace queen. And if that is the case, you want to find some bluffs. And the bluffs you want to check raise with are bluffs you don't really mind check raising and then having to fold for an additional 1.4 million. So those are going to be kind of low equity bluffs. So I think that's what Jonathan Jaffe is doing here. He's taking a hand like ace-king, no backdoor flush draw, and putting in the bluff raise. This is a pretty trashy bluff, right? If he gets an ace or a queen, it's probably good. Not this time if an ace comes. And I think he should be more inclined to check raise this than a hand like ace-king of spades or ace-king of hearts that has a backdoor flush draw because it's just a little bit worse to fold out that additional 5% equity whenever you do make the backdoor flush. So... I love that Jonathan Jaffe's getting in there battling. He fights hard. He fights way harder than I do. And to be fair, he's in there crushing the biggest games in the world right now. So maybe this is what we need to be doing, huh? Jonathan Jaffe does go to 425,000. Let's see how Christopher Frank proceeds. Uh, blocking king, queen, ace, queen, as well as having a significant overpair advantage. And having two overs to the queen eight four is nice as well. Going to be up against one pairs gut shots a lot of the time. When we do improve more often than not, going to have the best hand we can see here. Could get himself in trouble. I think this also a byproduct of Anson flatting as well. More money out there to go after. And more money than I think he wanted to invest with a gutty and backdoor spades. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly the point, right? That there are a lot of gut shots out there, a lot of weak holdings in the big blind that just can't continue. I really feel the pressure. And Christopher's going to have just a lot of nothing burgers that stab, flop, and have to fold. Well, Jaffe does make it a table for two. This is a pretty weird spot for Christopher Frank because now he's getting really good pot odds to continue, so obviously he's never folding. But Jonathan Jaffe's essentially saying, I have a really good made hand, or I have a pretty trashy draw. Against the really good made hands, aces, kings, ace, queen, Ace Queen's in horrible shape, right? Now, as Jonathan Jaffe will check raise wider and wider for value, like King Queen, Queen Jack, then you're obviously thrilled. And to be fair, look, Ace Queen in the spot is probably just thrilled enough, especially against a player like Jonathan Jaffe, who I know personally will get in there and battle hard because I've watched his content at pokercoaching.com. So against a player like Jonathan Jaffe, who will definitely find an adequate number of bluffs, who may even bluff a little bit too often, I think you want to call because if you consider the bluffs Jonathan Jaffe's going to have, it's going to be stuff like maybe ace king, maybe stuff like ace five of spades. And against those hands, you are in amazing shape. So you really, 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 really want to keep Jaffe in the pot and let him continue bluffing on the turn and the river. So Christopher Frank does call. Back around to Anson with his gut shot. He's in a nasty spot too, but I think at this point you probably do need to let it go. I realize if you spike a nine, you're loving life, but... With 785,000 left for almost 300 more, I think you just got to let it go and maintain your 10 big blind stack. And that's what he does. Let's head to the turn. On the turn, he picks up the Broadway gutty. One point six out there only. Sub one SPR. Sixteen left. Huge pot for both players. Jonathan now opting to check. It's on over to Frank. The turn is the ten of clubs. Certainly a rough card. In Jonathan Jaffe's shoes, should he bet tiny? Or should he? rip it in or should you just check look if he checks and christopher frank shoves you obviously have to fold if you check and christopher frank bets small you can actually continue because while there aren't a ton of draws available you do beat a few of them when i say draws i mean pretty trashy draws here like ace five of spades that decided to bet small and then call your float in position but you are drawing pretty live in general i think even if your opponent does have something like Queen Jack suited, right? So I think you can call against a small bet. And if it checks through, that's fine. You're probably not winning the hand, but at least you get to realize your equity. So I think in this spot, Jonathan Jaffe probably should check as he does. Let's do what Christopher Frank does. Stephen Chidwick is doubled on the alpha table. That check raise on the flop followed up with a check from Jaffe, who will now face 300 into 1.6. Christopher Frank goes for a tiny bet again, 300,000 into the 1.6 million pot. I do realize he only has 1.5 million, so a pot-sized bet. 
a lot of players think when they have a pot-sized bet, their only option if they want to bet is to go all in, but that is not the case. You are allowed to bet tiny. When there is a super-duper nut hand on the flop or the turn, very often you want to have some small bets in your range, especially for thinnish value. Now, is ace-queen bad enough to be a thinnish value hand, or is it just good enough to rip it all in? And, ugh, I don't know. I mean, look, right here, if Christopher Frank bets 300 and gets shoved on, I think he just has to call it off, right? So I think for that reason, you probably just want to deny Jaffe equity with whatever he has and just rip it all in. I would have shoved in this scenario. Maybe that's a mistake. Again, look, I know a lot of people think that shallowish stacked poker, 25 big blinds deep, is bingo poker. But there is a lot of play at these stack depths. And this hand very clearly illustrates this point. And I'm going to go continue further studying spots like this because... These are tricky spots. These are difficult. And if you just take the easy play of shoving it all in every time in spots like this when you have less than a pot size bet, you're probably making an error. And I'm going to go on a limb and say Christopher Frank probably has played this hand pretty well up to this point. And that means we have some studying to do. He goes for 300,000. Let's see how Jaffe proceeds. There's a small turn bet from Frank. Going to get looked up by Jaffe. Well, Jonathan Jaffe finds himself in the spot where he's facing the small bet. And I think against the small bet, you definitely want to call. Because now if you shove, I don't think Christopher Frank's folding any value hand at this point. And if he does have a bluff slash draw, he may not even bluff it on the river. Because it's really, really easy for Jonathan Jaffe to have a queen that's just check calling and never, ever folding. So I like the idea of check calling in the spot. And... That's what Jaffe does. Again, it feels dicey. Remember, these players both started this hand with... How many ships did they start with? They started with about 2 million, right? And now, at this point, both players have about 40-ish percent of their chips in the pot. Going to the river. Feels dicey. Feels dicey. I get it. But this is the kind of battling you need to do to succeed at the highest levels against the best battling players in the world. Jaffe calls... Let's head to the river. And the king of diamonds. Magical. And a check back from Frank. Yeah, that's... That one doesn't go down smooth. Talk about potential six figures in equity shift there. The river is the king of diamonds. Jonathan Jaffe gets bailed out on the river, unless he check folds the river, and he goes for a check. You may think he should value bet it all in for half pot, but no, no, no. This is a spot where you want to be checking to Christopher Frank because unless the ranges are very abnormal to the point where Jaffe's range heavily favors this king, like maybe he has a ton of pocket kings in his range or ace jack or something like that, then... Maybe he could justify a lead, but I think that would be pretty thin. So Jaffe does check. Over to Christopher Frank. It's a horrible river for him. He has a check back, and he has shown the bad news. Jonathan Jaffe, scoop loops a very, very, very nice pot deep in this $30,000 buy-in Triton Poker Tournament. Congrats to him. If you want to see another hand discussing how to play Ace-King post-flop when you miss, I have one lined up for you featuring Rosie from Next Gen Poker.
check it out right now. Good luck in your games. Have fun. Make the most of your opportunities. Hope you run hotter than the sun. Run like Jaffe. And I'll talk to you next time.